volunteer students, they had never met someone with a disability. They maybe they had maybe never met someone with autism. They come into our program, they're positive, they're patient, they're open, and they meet these kids and they see that they're just kids. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and creative guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager, and I love to hear from my listeners. My new website, ZestfulAging.com, is up and running, and it makes it easy for you to leave comments or suggestions. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker from her CD, Buffalo Hotel, and it will be available in January of 2020. Judy Banker is also a guest, so you can hear my interview with her on the podcast. Well, I've got my Jack Russell Sparky right by my side, so let's begin. Paige Mills is the program director of Acing Autism, a unique nonprofit national tennis program for children on the autism spectrum. The program is scientifically designed to improve social and emotional functioning of autistic children using step-by-step lessons mostly taught by high school and college volunteers all over the country. Welcome to the show, Paige. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear more about this program. I know that it's quite unusual. And when I started researching it, I found that it was ac- it actually has some a scientific research behind it. It's not just like getting together and hitting tennis balls. No, no. There, this organization was started by Richard Sperling and his wife, uh, Dr. Shafali Jesti in 2008 and his wife is a neurologist and they started in Massachusetts and what they realized was that uh, Richard was a tennis professional and his wife was a neurologist and they saw this uh, space that wasn't being occupied in that parents of kids with autism have limited options uh, with what to do with their kids in terms of recreation and fitness and sports and they wanted to combine efforts and give an opportunity to kids to learn something, increase their social skills, and be exposed to such a great sport. I see. It's this great marriage, literally and figuratively, right, yes, of neurology and, and tennis. So can you talk a little bit about how this works and why why it works? Sure. I can tell you my experience with it. Um, So our program runs on a very specific curriculum. Every clinic is run in the same way. It's an hour clinic, and we do a fall session and a winter session. Uh, Our program takes place in Syracuse at Drumlin's Tennis Center, which is affiliated with Syracuse University. And we follow a step-by-step curriculum every class. We start out with introductions. We have the kids introduce themselves to the volunteers that they work with, to each other. Each student, each participant is paired with two volunteers to help them through the hour. So after the introductions, we start to warm up. Then we start with very basic ball handling skills and we progress through 
volleying and even into hitting. And then at the end, we do a cheer and end on a great note. We all love tennis. So it's the, <laughs> it's the same, it's the same curriculum every week. And it, that's really important to the program that no matter what mm-hmm. acing autism program you go to around the country, they all should look the same and be, you know, delivering the same service and the same program no matter where you go. <clears throat> and is that, is that important because kids on the spectrum really need structure and predictability or is there another reason for that? I think that's certainly true. Yeah. Um, and I think that they just want continuity among the programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there certainly aren't a lot of kids who are hopping around programs, but they do want continuity. It's so important. And kids on the spectrum do like predictability and they like to be able to understand how things are going to play out throughout that hour. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm. It's it's really interesting because uh, from what I know about autism, kids have real difficulty with social skills. And so that this is like a way to maybe focus on something else while getting some social interaction. Is that the way it looks? It is. It is. So we always say to parents, we're not sure if you're going to get a professional tennis player out of our program, you know. You're not sure. Yeah, that may, that may not happen. Maybe there'll be a one in a million. Um, but what we are doing is introducing something that can be social. And by doing these activities, these very specific activities, they get to interact not only with their volunteer, but even with each other. Because we do try to couple groups so that the kids are interacting with each other as well. You know, we may have a child on either side of the net and they're trying to volley with each other and they can give a high five when it goes well and a high five even when it doesn't go well. Um, Mm. You know, that's really important because you're right. Social skills are really hard. Our program at Drumlins is a little unique in that we have almost all of our volunteers are high school and uh, college students from Syracuse University. Some programs around the country have many more adults on their volunteer staff. We just, that's how the makeup of our program. And what's nice about that is some of these kids that we work with our participants then go to their home schools and see the kids that have been the volunteers. And that's kind of a neat connection. They may have been in the same school for more than one year, and they didn't know one another. And then they do this program ah. and now they see a familiar face, which is, it's really neat. It's neat. It's really important. And you, you've spoken about the, the effect that volunteering has on some of these younger people, high school kids, college kids. What have you noticed? That is one of my favorite parts of acing autism. I love that our participants and their families get a lot out of this program. That's really very special. But the thing that I didn't know about, or I guess I wasn't thinking about when this, when we started this program almost three years ago was how it was going to change the, the volunteers that we work with and who they are as people and that they go out into the world for many of our kids, you know, our um, volunteer students, they had never met someone with a disability. They maybe they had maybe never met someone with autism. They come into our program, they're positive, they're patient, they're open, and they meet these kids and they see that they're just kids. And they may do things a little differently, but they have fun with them and they laugh and they make a connection with them. And then when they go out into the community, I think they're different people. They 
are open to seeing other people in the community who have disabilities in a different way. You know, it's not, I always say to people, you know, it's, it's not anyone's fault or that you have never met someone with a disability. And so sometimes what we don't know about, we're afraid of, right? We don't. Mm-hmm. So these volunteers, I believe, and I can see it across the, th- the almost three years that we've been at Drumlin's, I see that these kids are different. They, mm-hmm. they are more inclusive. They are more, they are seeking out kids with disabilities in their regular life. And I don't know if they would have done that without having worked in our program. So that's really special. Oh, it really is. And I think that that's a model that has been used worldwide about, you know, meeting people you don't know and not being afraid and understanding that at the very core, we're all humans. Absolutely. Uh huh. Is there any particular story you have in mind about a volunteer who has changed? Um, you know, my own son uh, is on the autism spectrum, and that's how I kind of came to acing autism. He met he met and is bonded with, I can say very easily, a student um, from a local high school. And I can tell you that my son Henry now sees that student at different places. He goes to the same high school that my daughter goes to. He has, you know, written Henry a birthday card. He sees Henry out and about at the high school and there's lots of high-fiving and there's lots of, how's Henry doing? Mm-hmm. That, and that student is now connected. He wrote his college entrance essay about his experience working with acing autism and working with Henry. Mm-hmm. That's pretty oh powerful. My, oh my gosh. So yeah. you're talking about this being a program that really helps everyone, not just we're going to help these disabled children, you know, give them an hour of tennis. This is really a ripple effect of uh, connectedness. And uh, I mean, I hate to say it's, it's love. Yeah, ah, it's love. (laughs) The L word. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think the other, the last piece of that also is the effect on the families. For many families, this program is really impactful in their family. Uh, We, a local TV station did uh, an article on one of our kids, I think last year, and they interviewed a mom and she said, This is the first time I've been able to sit on the sidelines and watch my son participate in something and not have to jump up to kind of intervene or, you know, get involved. I was able to sit and watch him like Mm -hmm. other parents do of more neurotypical kids. You know, we we kind of take that for granted. We go to an athletic event or a Mm -hmm. practice or an activity and we sit and we watch our kids and, oh, our heart is full because we're so proud and you know (laughs) and for for some parents of kids with disabilities they don't have that experience because maybe they have to jump in to intervene with their Mm -hmm. child they have to be the interpreter for their child Mm -hmm. they and this mom said it was the first time that I got to sit and just watch my son interacting with two other people as they moved him through an activity and then he interacted with another student across the net, it was wonderful. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really special. And I, I think for, for the families, it's really 
it's a special time. They, they, they're coming back. They come, we have a very high <laughs> return rate in our program. <laughs> I see. I mean, it makes me think, too, I know parenting kids on the spectrum is extremely, uh, can be very tiring. It's very intense. And I wonder, just for a parent to sit and watch also just gives them an hour to sit and not worry about their kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very, very Mm. true. And Yeah. Yeah. So... Talk a little bit how this has had an effect on you. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I am not a tennis player. <laughs> I mean, I play tennis, but quite poorly. And um, my, But my daughter was a tennis player and always has been. And so we got involved because my daughter is a tennis player. And when she became a tennis player, our family kind of just opened up to the world of tennis, watching tennis, you know, that kind of thing. And um, the program was introduced to me just through an advertisement through my something for my daughter. And I thought, well, Henry could try that. I would love that if Henry could hit a rack, you know, hit a ball with a racket and, and do a little tennis. And so it took a while. It took almost two years. But after he attended the program at Cornell University, uh, we got them to come to Syracuse. And it's really become a big part of my life. You know, as the program director, I'm not the on-court instructor because that would be uh, disappointing for everyone. Uh, but You're I, not the ball girl? I, I'm not. Well, no, I, actually, I shag a lot of balls. I actually, yeah. I'm always picking up balls. That I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I do all of the volunteer recruiting and the administrative work so that the person, we actually have a, a tennis pro from Drumlins, Brian Dahlstrom. He does the on-court instruction and he volunteers his time, which is really wonderful. So he is on court. He does that one hour and I do everything on the outside of that so that he can have his responsibilities just that hour, you know, giving the curriculum to the kids. He comes up with games, you know, all kinds of activities. So it's become a big part of my life. You know, I'm out there going to volunteer fairs. I've spoken at Syracuse University at special ed classes to try to get volunteers there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I recruit the volunteers. I organize their part in it. I monitor all that. And it's, and I get to spend time with fam. That's the other nice part about our program with Brian being on the court. I get to spend time talking to families, answering questions, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Because this isn't, you know, when your kids have special needs, you don't necessarily just drop them at the door and then go run errands during that hour. You know, um, that's just not how our lives go. So the parents are usually on site at Drumlins during the hour watching. And I get to spend time with them and talk about the program and talk about how things are going and how things have changed for them since they started. And so that's really special, too, for me. And what and what's that like to connect with so many other parents who have kids in similar situations as Henry? Oh, my gosh. All well, a lot of our parents, what we find is they already know each other, you know, and the ones because, you know, Syracuse is a smaller city and uh, most of our kids are coming from, you know, the greater Syracuse area. So a lot of the families know each other. But Mm -hmm. for the ones that don't, they're able to meet and they kind of talk 
and they interact and they share information and resources and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, did you hear about this special program at this high school? That would be a great opportunity oh, for my wow. student. So th- all that networking stuff has been great. And the other thing I I should mention, Recess Coffee has been a local sponsor of ours for ah. the last for the last couple of years. So they've sponsored multiple kids paid for their tuition into oh, the program. Really? Yeah, it's been really, really helpful. Their, uh, the owner is a Drumlins player. He plays tennis at Drumlins sometimes. And so he's sponsored multiple kids, which has just I been see. so generous. And then they, they sponsored a coffee hour where, again, the parents got to interact. And, you know, those are just really neat community connections that are happening because happening because of our program and Mm -hmm. gosh aren't we all better for having that happen it it sounds like this networking kind of just has its own little legs that this leads to this and then you meet this person and then and for for people who are listening around the world (laughs) recess coffee is a local coffee roaster and, and they've become quite popular um so that's i think they were named one of the Best coffee places in the world by People Magazine a long oh my time gosh. ago. Yes, yes, that's right. That's funny. So, do, what will happen when Henry graduates from acing autism? What will happen with you? I don't know, to be honest. You know, I have a great access right now because my daughter plays high school tennis. So uh-huh. I, I have great. You got a pipeline. Pipeline. I do. I do. Um, and I, I've. One of my focuses now, I starting this year, is I really want to increase the amount of adults we have in our program. You know, local folks who are retired or just interested in tennis. You don't have to be a tennis player to volunteer with our program. You just have to have kind of a positive attitude and you have to be ready to have an hour of fun. Um, I want to try to get a larger pool of our volunteers to be older, you know, older, full-fledged adults, because what happens with our kids is they age out, you know, (laughs) they go off to college, they, you know, they graduate from college, they go back home, you know, that kind of thing. So I think a lot of those folks will stay in the acing autism system. I think they'll go and they, they will volunteer at other programs where they live or where they move or where they go to school. But for us at Drumlins, it would be great to have more adult volunteers who aren't moving away, you know, (laughs) who are more stability. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, the special thing that happens at Drumlins is because so many of our kids, our volunteers are students, the kids see them as peers, which is really great, you know, and and the practicing of those social skills with peer aged folks is really nice. So um, we, we have a nice we have a nice balance. I would just like to do that just for stability of our program, I guess. Mm. It sounds like you're really committed to this program. At this point, sort of regardless of what your son is doing, you're so passionate about it and you see so much good. I, I really do. I've been very lucky in that I have a great relationship with Richard, the founder, and Justin the executive director and we've done a lot of things together. I see them, you know, a couple times a year. I just went to the US Open Clinic uh, in Flushing Meadows and that was really exciting and you get to meet all the other program directors from around mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. and it's an energy about bringing tennis to kids regardless of who they are and what their skills are and it's it's pretty contagious, I guess I would say. (laughs) And you even have some tennis legends working in this program. 
uh, I'm thinking about Pam Shriver, who is, yeah, yes, uh, she's very involved in acing autism. Yes, she was at the clinic last year and in Flushing Meadows, not this year, but she was at the uh, clinic last year. And a couple of years ago, we had Simona Halep come. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there's, you know, there's really some folks who are interested in the program is now based out of Los Angeles. Um, It started in Boston, but it's now based out of Los Angeles. And they do a lot of uh, fundraising and that kind of thing. And they're always getting folks who are involved in professional tennis to help them out and, you know, lend a hand. It's just that great of a program. People Mm. want to be involved in it. So I can hear your excitement and your passion and, and how, you know, you've seen what happens, you know, the payoff. And so when you talk about it, you know, you use the word contagious, like, I can imagine students or adults saying, Hey, I want to get into this. This sounds fun. It is fun. It really, and you know, I just worked, like I said, I was just at the U.S. Open. I worked with a student named Joseph. We had the best time together. You know, he just, (laughs) by the end, I was saying to his parents, this kid needs to be playing tennis. He was doing a great job. He was doing a great job. And, you know, being around other people who are just as excited about it is really a fun, it's a fun time. And do you have corporate sponsors as well? Yes. Acing Autism does have corporate sponsors, Mm -hmm. um, Head and Pen, and um, they're real lucky. They supply us with the equipment Uh that comes. Yeah, so we're very, very lucky in that way. That's great. That's that's wonderful. It just sounds, I mean, just listening to you, it just sounds really exciting. And I talked to Brian the other day about it, and he is so excited about it. Um, it just it sort of ripples through the entire program that you're really doing something important and, um, and good for other humans. And then it comes back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's little, I think that another special thing that happens is we find little gems in all of this. You know, Brian is the tennis professional at Drumlins. His wife is a retired educator. So she's involved and she's worked with kids with special needs. So it's, it's, we're always finding resources and people who are interested in helping. And that's awesome. Oh, it just sounds wonderful. Um, Do you want to just say something to our listeners who are roughly, we'll we'll say post-middle age, sort of 45, 50 um, and above and some beyond, but that are having what we would call maybe empty nest syndrome. They're sending their kids off. Um, Things are really changing in their lives. They're making a lot of transitions and they're thinking about volunteering or what can they do with their time now because they're not taking their kids all around and um, things have really shifted. It's a new developmental stage in life and they're thinking, you know, do I want to write something? Do I want to take up a hobby? You know what? I've got a lot of good years left. What what do you want to say to them about volunteering? My gosh, I would, if you had asked me 10 years ago, would I be, you know, running a tennis program for kids with autism in Syracuse, New York? I would say, no, <laughs> I'm, a te- <laughs> I'm a terrible tennis player, you know. Uh, um, but I came to this And what I have found is it's really given a special sense of purpose to this part of my life. Um, My, like I said, my son has autism, so I'm connected in that way. But what it has done is it's made my community connections so much stronger. It's 
shown me that I can take my son and my experience with him and his education and all the resources that we have used for him as he's been growing up and how we're going to take it to that next kind of step. Um, I think that volunteering is so important. And if you have the opportunity to do it, gosh, this is a great way to do it. And again, it, there's no skill set that's necessary for a lot of different things. If you have any even blink of an interest in something to go for it, because it's mm. really, really made my it's made my life richer. You know, this this experience with acing autism how it touches my family, how it affects my family's place in the community. It's all been good. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a great, uh, great observation. And I'm so happy to hear that, you know, somebody who uh, has a, a child with autism, which is not easy, presents its own challenges, you know, that this really turns it into something that's positive and helpful and, and as you say, gives you such a deep sense of meaning. Yeah. Paige, thank you so much for telling us about all the goodness that comes out of acing autism. I, you know, I did not know very much about it. I saw the banners up, but I had no idea how how significant and, and meaningful this this program was. So thanks for sharing I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for giving me a great opportunity to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.